The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome to it. It is seven minutes after seven on your Monday evening right here in Employment Law Show. The line's already open. Look at that, 416-870-6400. That's the number at the station you want to call. To get some questions answered by Mr. John Pincus, who is covering the show tonight, 416-870-6400. Use the number. Get some answers. Don't be in the dark when it comes to your employment rights. The best way to do that is make a quick phone call and uh, start down the road of knowledge. You want to email help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can always use pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That website, of course, available to you 24-7, absolutely free and anonymous as well. Wrapped up into that is the Pocket Employment Lawyer is the Severance Pay Calculator. That will give you a fairly good idea what your severance should be. It will be a robust number compared to what you're offered for sure by your soon-to-be ex-employer. Or if you just wondered what that number would be, you can go there as well, uh, the uh, Severance Pay Calculator, wrapped up within pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Tonight on the show... Temporary layoffs, what you need to know. We'll get to that and so much more. First, the week that was, Mr. Pinkus, you handsome devil. How are you, Bill? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, actually wanted to start with a, a situation that's been in the news recently, and that's the uh, Suncor energy transfer, uh, which is uh, slated to start in, in 2021. Uh, about mm-hmm. 700 employees said to be affected by a move uh, from Toronto to Calgary. Um, and, you know, listeners should know if you're one of these employees or you're one of these people, uh, this is exactly uh, the kind of situation uh, that would be a constructive dismissal as a forced transfer. Uh, you know, unless you've, you've agreed in writing somewhere that uh, they can move you anywhere in the country or in the world, uh, this is not a change that you have to agree to. It's not contemplated uh, by uh, the agreement that you have with them, the verbal agreement that you have with them. That's going to be a constructive dismissal, and you're going to be entitled to severance. So if you're in that situation, uh, don't assume that you have no options. You, you do have rights here. Give us a call, uh, and let's talk about it. So just wanted to start that off. Off, right off at the top of the hour because that's an important situation a lot of people affected by it and uh, certainly stressful particularly in the uh, COVID-19 uh, environment yeah that's not one of those changes to the workplace where it's like just down the street or across the city it's like oh, I'll give it a shot no no that's 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 quite a bit of difference from from here to Calgary it's a huge distance so that's not going to sit well with anybody unless they have family out there and they're planning to move out there in the first place but I can't see those planets aligning at any time so uh, yeah Call uh, call John at the firm, one 821 5900 is the way, but right here, right now, 416-870-6400. Callers always top priority. Uh, Double T, how are you? I'm okay. Um, I'm basically just wondering. I think I understand my rights, like okay. working through a temporary agency, but I just want to get clarification from Mr. Frankis. Sure. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, so do you have a specific concern or are you just sort of wondering in general, do you have different rights for uh, working for a temporary agency um, as opposed to working for an employer? Like are you in a situation where you've been let go or they're refusing to provide you with something? Um, they're pretty accommodating, but I'm just wondering about my general rights, like, some, like key things I should know when working through a temporary agency as compared to like an employer, I guess. Right. Well, you know what? We we could probably do a whole show uh, about temporary agencies uh, and employees. Uh, there is an entire section uh, 
Part uh, 18 of the Employment Standards Act that deals with that. Uh, and there's about uh, probably about 18 different provisions that talk about um, all of your rights under a temporary agency. Uh, the main thing is that if you work for a temporary agency um, and you're working for you know what they call a client of that temporary agency, then your employer is going to be, uh, for all intents and purposes, the temporary agency. So if the temporary agency is not able to find you another assignment, uh, they're not able to you know, find you another client, then they're going to owe you uh, termination pay. Um, and there is sections dealing with termination and severance uh, in terms of when that temporary agency owes you severance. But you know, as far as your full entitlements are concerned, it's the same entitlements that you would have anywhere else. So if you're let go from a temporary agency, you know, they might be citing all these different sections of the Employment Standards Act that apply to temporary agencies. But the fact of the matter is, they're your employer. If they let you go, they're going to owe you severance. So again, we we could probably do a whole show about temporary agencies, so I don't think we'll be able to, to cover everything. You can certainly Google some of the segments of the Employment Standards Act, but if you're ever in a situation, certainly, where they don't find you another assignment, they don't have anything else to give you, uh, give us a call because you're going to be owed severance in that case. But outside of the, you know, the other intricacies, uh, that's uh, that's could be a very long discussion. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Thanks, Double T. No problem. You want to use that number and uh, reach out, have a further conversation with John. That's uh, that's easy to do. 1-855-821-5900. Again, help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. You can always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That is a uh, free website anytime. Here now, though, 416-870-6400 to call in, get some information. Kyle, thank you for standing by. How are you? Hey, Skulls, not too bad. Uh, my, my issue is this. My, my manager at my employment, place of employment is always putting up memos beside the punch clock. And they're uh, sometimes you disagree with them. Sometimes they're just, uh, you know, outlining protocol. But it, there's an, an employee list beside that memo always. And he wants everybody to sign off with the date. I'm just wondering what, what might he be setting me up for by doing that. or And can furthermore, can I just flat out refuse to sign? Well, no, I don't think you can refuse to sign in that situation. You already effectively have it as a term of your employment that you punch in and you punch out every day. Um, they want you now. I, I mean, if you're already punching in on the clock, wouldn't they already have the date that you're punching in and punching out? Yeah, but they expect you to pick up a pen and actually sign the list after you read the memo type thing. Oh, after you read the memos. Uh, you no, know, I, I don't think there's anything that you can really uh, object to here. I mean, if you, don't, if, if you refuse to sign it, then, uh, you know, could they issue discipline? Probably they may not be able to terminate your employment for cause. But, you know, there's nothing wrong uh, legally from a legal point of view with an employer putting out a memo or a policy and asking their employees to acknowledge that they've seen it. Um, and that uh, that that they've received it. Um, if oh, there's okay. something so in the I'm policy, I might not necessarily be acknowledging that I agree with the memo because sometimes I disagree with what he's written, and I think, why? Well, how? I can't debate this. Why should I sign it? Right. Well, I guess it's going to depend on why you disagree with it, right? So, what's an example of of a policy that you have an issue with? Uh, we're supposed to collect uh, materials wherever we were. Just so happen to be. That was one of the instructions. Well, while you're going around, you're going to need rocks for this, so collect golf ball-sized rocks. 
Right. Well, I, I think you, you deal with it on a case-by-case basis, right? So if they're asking you to do something that's totally outside of your duties and you don't want to be doing that, then I think rather than assuming, okay, I won't sign and therefore it won't be part of my job, you got to speak up and you've got to sp- speak to your employer. Now, if it's, if it's a minor change, and I think what you've described would fall, probably fall under the category of pretty minor changes to your job, probably not much you can do about it whether you sign the memo or not to be honest right and if you refuse to do those things could be seen as insubordination you could put your job in jeopardy and you could put your severance in jeopardy in fact so i think that you have to be careful of but if all of a sudden they say you know now we need you to work twice the hours here's a memo about it that's when you'd speak up and say whoa wait a minute i'm not going to do this um i've seen your memo and uh, i disagree with it and you know then you want to write an email and put that to them so i think you keep an eye on it um, and if there's something that um, you disagree with uh, strongly because it's a major change, um, then I would write to them and explain why you disagree with it if it's a change to your employment. But if it's something, you know, they're, they're um, in, in expanding your duties in a minor way or, or asking you to comply with a policy that's not a huge change on your employment, be careful there because that could be viewed as insubordination if you refuse to comply with it. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate that. And again, if you want to have a further discussion, something not quite right there, didn't understand it, no problem. Reach out to John, member of his crew. It's 1-855-821-5900, 1-855-821-5900. And the email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Temporary layoffs, what you need to know. Let's get into this sucker. First of all, still got a couple minutes here. We can get this one in before the break, pal. What is a temporary layoff, first of all, and how is it different than a regular termination of employment? Well, as the name suggests, a temporary layoff often is intended to only apply for a certain period of time. So, you know, pre-COVID, we used to hear that a temporary layoff would be 13 weeks without benefits or 35 weeks with benefits. Now, unfortunately, we've got a situation where a lot of people are in limbo um, and are being told that they're not on a temporary layoff, but a deemed leave of absence between now and January 2nd. And that's because the government has been making some changes to the Employment Standards Act to keep up with COVID. So uh, right now, temporary layoffs for many people are starting to feel more and more permanent, and a lot of employers are using it to just delay the inevitable. Unless you've signed a contract that specifically allows your employer to do that, that could be a constructive dismissal. And if you uh, want to seek a severance package, that's the time that you want to give us or an employment lawyer a call. Is an employer allowed to lay off an employee temporarily? This question, of course, is probably being echoed across the country at this point since uh, COVID-19. What do you think? Right. You know, and a lot of employers are of the view, well, okay, the Employment Standards Act says that, on, you know, between now and January 2nd, I can lay them off and there's no uh, restriction from doing so and it's not a constructive dismissal, so I can do that. Well, not necessarily the case, right? <clears throat> the Employment Standards Act has always said temporary layoffs are okay. Excuse me. But right now, yes, there are changes in terms of what kind of temporary layoffs are okay. But if your contract does not permit the employer to place you on a temporary layoff, that's still a constructive dismissal under the law. So it's still not going to be permitted. We'll take a short break, get back into that topic and more of your phone calls. We have wide open lines, so bring it on. you got the time. We have the time. 416-870-6400. That's the number to call through. Talk to John. Get your matters sorted. And email us help at employmentlawyer.ca. And if you go to employmentlawyer.ca, the website, you'll catch links to our television show on Global TV and CTV as well. So have a look at that anytime you like. We'll continue Employment Law Show on Global News Radio.
You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back indeed. It is 721, the show, Employment Law Show, the number to call in, 416 870 6400 that's the number to call the station ask your questions it's uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca the email address to reach out to john we're talking about temporary layoffs what you need to know what can an employee do if they have been temporarily laid off i know don't sit and wait that's not always the plan so what uh what's their option well you you know there are some situations where you may want to wait and see and that's something that i often discuss with employees in that situation if you're if you have an interest in going back to work but really it's it's a binary choice right you either accept it or you don't you either accept that you've been temporarily laid off and you're going to go back or you decide you know what i don't want to go back i want a severance package and you treat it as a termination if you want to treat it as a termination you got to speak uh, with an employment lawyer and the first thing we're going to do is uh, walk you through that process of uh, basically uh, objecting to that uh, and starting to work on an adequate severance package. But, you know, the temporary layoffs, as, uh, as I was saying before, I got a frog in my throat there, uh, it, uh, are, are still constructive dismissals. Um, they are still um, under the Employment Standards Act uh, the, treated. Um, you know, they may be legal under the Employment Standards Act, but they are still constructive dismissals for the purpose of your full entitlements. So don't think that there's nothing that you can do. Give us a call. Let's talk about it. Because, you know, the fact of the matter is many of these employers are not planning on bringing you back. Um, and so if that's the case, the time to act is now. So what happens if, you know, someone doesn't act now and they figure, you know, they'll just relax and accept it and sit around for three or four months and they get called back to work and they figure, okay, that was, uh, that was relatively painless. I'm working again. I'm earning some money. And what happens if the employee turns around again and says, yeah, you know what, we're going to have to put you back on layoff. Now can they pull the plug? Well, it's certainly going to make it easier for the employer to pull the plug next time, and it's going to put an obstacle in your way because the employer will, of course, argue at that point that, well, now you've accepted this as a term of your employment. Now you've, you know, you've accepted that this is a thing that we can do. So, for example, for employees that are going back, I very often recommend and, and help guide those employees uh, through specifically advising their employer that, look, I accepted this, but only on a one-time basis. It was a COVID-19 uh, exception. I'm not okay with this happening again. I think it's very important to make that clear to your employer if you choose to go back. Um, and if you're really not okay with what they've done um, and you're worried about their intentions of doing that in the future, this may be the time you may want to get out and seek a severance package. You want to reach in or at least reach out. Don't reach in, reach out anytime. 416-870-6400. That is the number here at the station to call. John, still plenty of time to do so. Don't uh, just go with what you read on Google. Google employment law is not the way you want to go. You want to call the show, 416-870-6400. Chat afterwards when the show's not on the air, either Monday, Wednesday, or the weekend shows as well. That number would be one 821 5900 we'll try to get to some of your uh, your emails here in just a bit as we work our way through temporary layoffs and what you need to know okay you're bailing you're not doing it so you're saying i'm pulling the plug i do not want to get into the trap where this becomes an implied term of my uh, applied term of my employment by letting uh, letting you do this for the first time so how much severance is an employee laid off temporarily entitled to receive if they go forth 
Well, if this is a constructive dismissal situation, then we're looking at the same considerations as if you were terminated outright, right? If, if you were terminated permanently. So we're going to look at your age, your position, your years of service, anything that may impact your ability to find another job. You know, in the context of the pandemic, a lot of employees are now finding that the market is very saturated in certain areas and it's much more difficult to find a job. Um, and so that, I would argue, is going to increase your severance entitlements. So for some employees, that's going to be three months pay, two, three months pay. For others, mm -hmm. you know, if you've been working somewhere for 30 years and you're a manager, for example, that's going to be probably closer to two years pay. And that could be hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it's going to vary uh, significantly depending on those factors. What are the situations where a temporary layoff is allowed? Well, you know, the, the only situation where a temporary layoff really is allowed is if that employee specifically agreed to it. And the most common way that this is done, the clearest way this is done, is through an employment agreement. Uh, the law says it is perfectly legal for an employer and an employee to agree that you can be placed on a temporary layoff in accordance with the Employment Standards Act. And that's why those provisions are there, because employers and employees can agree uh, to do that. But if you have not agreed in writing to do that, then chances are that is probably a constructive dismissal. We'll get to a phone call here, 416-870-6400. That is the number for the remainder of the show and every show to call in and ask uh, ask your questions. Matthew, thanks for standing by. Good evening. How are you? What can we do for you? Good, brother. How are you guys today? Good, man. What's uh, what's on your mind? So um, I work in a restaurant in the city, and um, when we went back into uh, modified stage two, uh, before that I'd given my employers six weeks' notice. They gave me a call on the Monday telling me, you know what, uh, don't worry coming in anymore. We're just going to temporarily lay you off. I didn't agree to the layoff, and since then I haven't heard anything from them. Well, you know, restaurants are a bit of an exceptional a case. They're a bit of an exceptional category because restaurants are, are businesses that were actually forced to close in many cases, right? So, you know, when we're talking about modified stage two or, or stage one or even in some cases stage three, to the extent that they're not able to employ certain people, that's often just a function of them complying with a government order. And in that case, the employer is not really putting you on a temporary layoff in the conventional sense. They're just complying with what the government is ordering them to do. So that's a situation where it actually may not be a constructive dismissal. Right? And we can, we can think of a few other businesses that uh, could be affected in that same way. Now, if you can show that they could have employed you but chose not to fight for financial reasons, that may still be a constructive dismissal. Uh, but I think anyone who's working for a restaurant right now and wants to claim a constructive dismissal uh, is potentially going to have a, a larger uphill climb uh, because in many cases, you know, these are not decisions that the employers are actually making. It's kind of out of their hands. But um, would it still be the same case if they kept three or four of my line cooks on but let me go being the chef? Uh, no, you know, that, that could change things because that would show that, that their decision to lay you off was more due to financial reasons uh, than, uh, than complying with a COVID-19 government order. And in that case, it still, it still could be constructive dismissal. And uh, de that is definitely a situation where you may want to give us a call uh, and probably speak with one of our paralegals about uh, bringing a claim. Um, because that is, they'll say, of course, that it was due to COVID-19, but if they're keeping on other people in similarly situated positions, then that, that, that theory doesn't really hold water. 
Okay. That's what I thought. Thank you very much. You're Thank welcome. you, Matthew. Appreciate your time. And uh, 416-870-6400. Moving on down the line. Nelson, thank you for hanging on. How are you? Hey, Nelson. Nelson is gone. Nelson's in the archives. If you want to call back, pal, you can do so. 416-870-6400. Temporary layouts. We'll wrap this up before we move on to uh, some emails. And you have to do something about it if that topic also on the uh, the docket for tonight. What happens if an employer recalls an employee after the employee has been temporarily laid off? Is it just business as usual, or how does that go? Well, you know, if you've been recalled back to work after you have been laid off, the first question you have to ask yourself is, are you interested in going back, right? You sort of, I, I always tell clients, leave the severance aside, forget about what compensation you'd be owed, and think about this in terms of your life, in terms of your career, because, you know, your case for severance should always revolve around your life, not the other way around. Right. So in that situation, you first ask, do you want to go back? Now, if you don't want to go back, then we have to look at why you don't want to go back. Maybe you just don't feel like going back. Maybe you don't trust them anymore. Maybe you don't want to be there anymore. And that's fine. If that's the case, then you're probably only going to be owed severance up until the day they recalled you back to work. If on the, hand, the other hand, you have a good reason not to go back, for example, they're you know asking you to return to some humiliating work environment or they're really not giving you the same job, in that case, you may actually still have a case for your full severance. Now, that's more the exception than the rule, uh, but I have encountered situations, very recently situations, where employees have had quite good reasons uh, for not wanting to return to work. And in that case, we would still be seeking your full compensation. 416-870-6400. Going to get to a, a couple phone calls here in a moment. Want to move down to an email. Uh, Generva says, guys, my company has not paid me for the last three months. They say they have no money. What should I do? Well, uh, I'd say that's a situation where time is not on your side because the first yeah. thing I'd be worried about there is bankruptcy. And no as kidding. we always say on the show, you can't get blood from a stone. So I think the time to claim a constructive dismissal is now. I think we have to uh, uh, file a claim and, and make sure that we get get started on negotiating a severance package. That is a clear case of constructive dismissal um, and unpaid wages for that matter. Um, and uh, you're going to be owed some money. We better get it before while we still can. 416-870-6400. As mentioned, that's the number. Lucy, thanks for standing by. How are you? Thank you. Good, thanks. Good. Go ahead. So I was just wondering, if I'm a manager with a company for over 30 years um, with the government and um, I get laid off because um, so many people have been laid off, um, how like what's an appropriate severance? And if I also get a bonus... Um, every year in March for my um, work and everything that I have put forth for the year before, if I get laid off like in, you know, December or January, do they still have to pay the bonus? Okay, let's... Right. Let's start with your first question, Lucy. So you said you have been a manager uh, working for uh, the government for over 30 years. Um, And around uh, how old are you? Sorry. Uh, so, so one of the factors we're missing here is your age. So, how old are you? Um, I'm fifty. I'm fifty-six. Fifty-six. Well, this is a situation where you could be entitled to up to twenty-four months' pay. Uh, you definitely be at the high end of the entitlements. You could be entitled to up to two years' pay. 
um, if, particularly if they don't call you back, and then you know it'll be very obvious that it was a permanent termination. Um, and if you suspect they may not call you back or you want to seek a severance package now, that's one thing we can look at. In terms of the bonus, you know, the big question here I think will be, is anyone else in a similarly situated position going to get a bonus, right? If no one else is going to get a bonus, then perhaps they won't owe you the bonus for this year. But one interesting thing about this, Lucy, is that when we're talking about your severance, we're looking at your total compensation. So we're looking not just at your base salary, but your average bonuses uh, and all that, um, all that other uh, sort of uh, remuneration that you would have been receiving. So you may not get a bonus for this year, but it may still be relevant for the purpose of looking at how much severance you're entitled to. Okay, that's it. Yeah, okay. There we go. The phone lines are acting really, really weird tonight, so we'll move on to uh, Nelson. Hey, Nelson, how are you? Hi, good. You? Good. Sorry, man. What's going on? Oh, um, recently I just uh, I just had a situation that uh, my mom, uh, I lost my mom like a couple, couple of weeks ago back home. And then, uh, so I sent my sister back home just to attend a funeral or something. So eventually I lost my, uh, like, uh, uh, like a one, like a caregiver for my son because I have two sons, one, one ten year old which is doing like um, online learning right now at home, and then I have another like two, a sixteen month old son, and my case is uh, my my wife is working working in a hospital, so when I go when I go to my uh, work I ask my manager to uh, to ask some like uh, indefinite leave of absence just to figure it out when uh, when my sister coming back. But he told me that if I, the only choice I have is to go a caregiver, which is not which is not good for me because you know the the the, the pandemic right now, right? So my question is, if I if I go beyond like like another two months just to figure it out things, and then which is like I ask my doctor to have like you know like a note that uh, I'm still in grieving right now. Do I, mm -hmm. Does my uh, employer has a chance to fire me out in in my work? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I'm sorry to hear about your loss, Nelson, and uh, okay, I'm glad yeah, that, that we okay, got yeah, you. No problem. I'm, I'm glad we got you back on the air. So, yeah. you know, in this situation, as I understand it, the issue is is caring for your children. Did I get that right? Did I hear you right there? Yeah, yeah. I am the one who look after my two kids right now, which is my 10-year-old son is in online learning. And then my manager told me that, you know, our, our plant manager has an 18-month-old son, but he still be able to, you know, go to work and then he find a caregiver. And then I told him, like, you know what, like, that's his choice. And then good luck for him because I, I know I, I, I can't afford to, to let my son and go to somewhere else. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not good. You know? Right. Well, I, I think that the question here is always when it comes to taking, you know, your, your responsibilities as a parent, the question is always, do you have um, another alternative, right? When it comes to bereavement, it's true that under the Employment Standards Act, you only get a couple days of bereavement leave. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, there is also a right that you have under the Human Rights Code to uh, fulfill your parental obligation. And what that means is you can't be... Uh, 
saying that you want to stay home because you have a certain preference. But if you've exhausted all other options and you don't have any reasonable, safe option to look after your children and you've expressed this to your employer, you have a right to say, look, for the time being, until there's a viable option to take care of my kids, I need to take time off and I need to take an unpaid leave of absence. If your employer terminates you in uh, in rep in response to that, um, then that could be a reprisal under the Human Rights Code, and they could owe you not only severance but but uh, potentially human rights damages. You know, there's okay. also the provisions that we have for infectious disease leave right now, which say that you know if you're providing care or support to someone because of, for example, a, a school closure, uh, mm -hmm. then you're you're protected under that provision as well. Uh, you know, and if on top of that you have a doctor's note that says you're not in a position to work right now. I mean, I just can't see a situation, Nelson, where your employer is going to be legally permitted uh, to punish you for this. I think your situation is very sympathetic. Um, okay. uh, what I would do is I would make sure to put everything in writing, be communicating with your employer by email. If you can uh -huh. get a doctor's note, uh, document that, but also be clear that this is not just about your medical condition, but it's about the situation and about the fact that you need to yeah. take care of your children and you don't have any other option and explain to your employer in writing in your email why you don't have another option. I think if you do that, you'll be protecting yourself. All right. So it's, uh, is it good enough to, uh, you know, I have some situation right now. This is like a couple of weeks ago. I just lost my mom. And then I'm going to ask uh, Dr. Snow from a doctor that, you know, I'm still grieving right now and, you know, I'm still in the process of coming back to, you know. So, you know, like, so... Validate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just, just, just to, to to answer that point, if your doctor will validate that you are not in a position to be able to work, and that is his or her advice to you, then mm -hmm. you are entitled to take that medical leave. Uh, you just have to make sure you keep your employer updated. Mm-hmm. Now, so I'm going to let you go, pal. I'm going to move on to another call. You want to reach out if you have more questions. You might one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred again to reach out to John and the team afterwards. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred help at employmentlawyer.ca. That is the email. Brent, thanks for standing by. Good evening. Hi, how are you tonight? Good, pal. What's on your mind? Good. Um, I've been on uh, long term disability for about a year, and um, I'm going back to work next week on uh, modified duties. I'm still owed five weeks vacation. The company has a policy of uh, use it or lose it. They're going to give me two weeks at the end of December to take and possibly a week to carry over. And I want to know where I stand with uh, the remaining uh, vacation entitlement. So, Brent, use it or lose it policies are valid for vacation time, but not vacation pay. So your employer can't tell you we're going to withhold your vacation pay because um, you sorry, haven't it's used it. Vac it's vacation time, not vacation pay. Right. So it is legal for an employer to say uh, you need to use your vacation weeks or we're simply going to pay it out. Um, so, you know, an employer does have a fair bit of discretion in terms of when you're permitted to take your vacation. Uh, so there's probably not much you can you can do uh, in way of that as long as they're not trying to in any way mess with your vacation pay. Uh, that doesn't strike me as uh, illegal. And I think that's that's within the employer's right in this case. Okay, so they would have to pay me for my unused time, even though I couldn't take it. 
they would have to pay you for your unused time. That's right. So if you know if if you have uh, if you have three weeks per year, for example, uh, then they would have to add a six percent to your vacation year to your pay. Uh, so just remember that vacation is two separate entitlements. Uh, it's this kind of strange way we we do it in Ontario, where you have an entitlement to vacation weeks, which an employer can mandate that you use or or it's relinquished. And you have the right to vacation pay 4% until your fifth anniversary. And after five years service, you're entitled to 6% vacation on your wages. And they simply have to pay that out one way or another, whether that's by giving you vacation or by adding it to your paycheck. Okay. So I'm just concerned with vacation time. So, um, yeah. like I said, I've been off for a year on a LTD. So. And there may not be much that you can do about that. The, the employer's obligation is to give you an opportunity to take that vacation time. If you're not able to take that vacation time, uh, then uh, they can apply the use it or lose it policy. Okay. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Brent. Okay. Appreciate it, pal. You want to reach out, uh, you can do so anytime. one 821 5900 would be the way to get a hold of John, a member of the team, and help at employmentlawyer.ca. going to move on to uh, Karen's email. Karen says, do I have to wear a mask in the workplace? I find it uncomfortable. Well, one thing you have to remember is that if you're being asked to wear a mask in the workplace, your employer is doing so uh, in accordance with the Occupational Health and Safety Act. So they're not only doing it because they want to, they're doing it probably because they have to. Uh, and, you know, one thing to remember here is this is really for everyone's benefit. Uh, so I would say that, yes, if your employer is asking you to wear a mask in the workplace, uh, that is something that you do have to do. Uh, and if you don't wear a mask in the workplace, um, then that could be a cause for discipline. Um, and uh, if for some reason you have a medical condition um, that uh, you're not able to wear a mask for whatever reason, for, for example, skin condition, or I'm not sure, uh, then uh, or you need some kind of accommodation, then go to your doctor and have your doctor write a medical note to that effect. But, right. you know, I would strongly encourage everyone to, you know, listen to what the government is telling us about wearing masks in the workplace. And remember that if, if your employer is asking you to wear one, they are doing it for a good reason. So it may be uncomfortable, but, you know, we all have to kind of grin and bear it for now to, to stay safe. Sammy's up next. Sammy says, guys, how much severance am I entitled to if I work somewhere for 10 years? My company uh, is only 10 people strong. Well, uh, Sammy, uh, you know, the the issue of how much severance you're entitled to when we're talking about your full entitlements actually does not depend on how many people work in the workplace. So, you know, a lot of people think, well, okay, 10 people, payroll's probably under $2.5 million, and it, it very well may be. That's going to impact your minimum entitlements, but it will have no impact on your full entitlements. So without more information, I can't tell you so the range of what your entitlements would be here, but if, for example, let's say you're a manager and you are um, in your 40s, uh, then you could be entitled to up to a year of your pay, perhaps. And that's obviously going to be very different than what you'll find on the Ministry of Labor's website because right. that's minimum entitlements only. Not affected when we're talking about full entitlements, not affected by the size of the company. Email from Ben comes in says, my employer is telling me that they will only pay my commission if I sign a release. Is that legal? Do I have to worry about signing? Well, Ben, I'd certainly want to. Yeah, I certainly want to see why they're asking you to sign a release just to receive your commissions. I mean, if they're offering you something in addition to your commissions, 
then maybe that's something you can consider. But I certainly would not sign that without speaking to um, a lawyer, uh, because um, if uh, you know if you're being asked to sign a release for your commissions, then you're being asked to sign a release for wages that are owed to you under the Employment Standards Act. Um, but you know we'd want to know exactly why this is happening. That certainly is a strange request. And if you're being asked to sign a release in the midst of employment, uh, that's always a time to be suspicious. Just about done for uh, this evening. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate your time, your emails, correspondence as well. You want to reach out now to Mr. Pincus, you can do so. Here's how you do it. Real simple. one 821 5900 The number email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. The website, employmentlawyer.ca, is where you'll catch links to our television show. And always like having a pocket employment lawyer with you right in your pocket. That's in the name, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Always go there as well. Absolutely free and anonymous. On Point is coming right back. Alex Pearson is on the way next. Stick around right here on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.